act to follow right there. If you weren't in the Christmas spirit before, I think that we all have smiles from ear to ear now. So thank you. Can we give it to the kids one more time? <laughs> we'll take up our offering in just a minute. I just want to go over a couple quick announcements uh, for you guys. How many of you guys got to see the musical last weekend? Wasn't that great? It seems like a lifetime ago already, and it was one short week ago. So thank you to Leanne and her team again for a great Christmas performance last weekend. Uh, we have some exciting Christmas festivities still coming this week. So we actually don't have our regular Wednesday night activities, which is the Ignite Youth Group, Awana, uh, and the prayer service. That's not happening the next two Wednesdays because the next two Wednesdays are Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But I know what you're thinking. I really still want to go to church on those days, right? So we have a Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. It's one hour long, and it's a candlelight service. It's one of my very favorite services of the year. I highly encourage you to make it part of your family tradition. It's part of our family tradition. Uh, get here by 5 o'clock. Hear the story of the birth of Jesus, the reason that we have to celebrate this season, and then go along and celebrate with your family in whatever traditions that you have. So that's 5 to 6 p.m. on Wednesday, this Christmas Eve. The next Wednesday on New Year's Eve, for years and years, we did an 11 o'clock watch night service. Yeah, so that reaction was like how excited people were about an 11 o'clock watch night service. So we actually are trying something new this year. It's going to be at 5 p.m. on New Year's Eve for one hour. And you know, you won't exactly ring in the New Year at the church, but the whole point of coming to a service on New Year's Eve is to just end this chapter of 2014 with the Lord in his house, start the new year of 2015, giving it to God, asking for his blessing in your life, and taking that first step you know, in the way that he really wants you to, which is in communion with him. So I invite you to come to both of those services. We love them here. It's the most exciting time of the year. Uh, in a couple weeks after Christmas, I know that seems like an eternity from now, but a couple weeks it'll be coming, we have a special guest named Don Piper. How many of you guys were here earlier this year when we had Don Piper here? So if you don't know that name, he is a gentleman. He was a pastor, uh, and he wrote a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven. It's a New York Times bestseller, and it's a true story about when he died for 90 minutes and actually came back to life. Uh, you know, it's a very unique opportunity to come and listen to him because you don't often get to hear from people who have once died and are no, no longer dead. So he's a great guy. Uh, I encourage you to come yourself January 10th and 11th. There's some yellow flyers out in the lobby that you can take and kind of mark your calendar. We'll have some more out the next couple weekends as well. Make sure to invite your friends and family. You know, he talks about a lot of things. You know, sometimes you think, how can I relate to someone who died and came back to life? It doesn't really matter because he talks about just the story of being a human, the struggle that he went through with his family after everything because it took years and years and years of rehabilitation. Uh, it changed their family's life. He was deeply depressed and he walked with the Lord through all of that. So I encourage you to hear his unique story and testimony. It's a blessing to the body of Christ and it's a blessing to people that don't know the Lord. So I would invite them to come out as well. Uh, we can have the men and women come forward. We'll take up the offering. I do want to remind you just, there's a special envelope in your bulletin. It is the third Sunday of the month, so it's Mission Sunday. We support about 20 missionaries here, no matter what, no matter if the money comes in for them or if it doesn't. We support them no matter what. So if you have anything extra to give to our missionaries this month, that would be a blessing to them, and I thank you. 
Lord, we come before you this morning, God, just so brimming with gladness to be in your house this morning, thanking you for all that you've done for us this year, God. We give to you this morning the very first and the very best that we have, because we know anything that we give to you will be done with so much more than what we keep for ourselves, God. We thank you for your provision. We know that your plan is the best for our life, and we look to you for our future. In your name, amen. As long as I can remember, we'd been waiting for the Messiah to come for us. My family, our tribe, our whole nation. I always knew that he'd come, but... Well, let's be honest, it's not like I'm from Jerusalem or someplace special. I'm just a girl from Nazareth. And everybody knows that not much good comes from Nazareth, never has. sure that Angel had come to the wrong house with his announcement. But if that's what God wanted, well, who was I to tell him he was wrong? And Joseph, well, God bless that wonderful man. He could have joined in with everybody else. He could have had me sent away. He could have even had me killed. But he just never broke the promise to marry me. And so when he had to go to Bethlehem for the census, I was honored to ride by his side. Even with heartburn and bloated cankles and nine months of pregnancy behind me. (laughs) You know those women who try different things to induce labor like going on frequent walks or eating spicy foods? What they should do is go on a bumpy 70 mile trip to Bethlehem not long after I got there and I'd never done this myself but even I know it was time and with every wave of pain I tried to ignore the fact that my family wouldn't be there to help me and that I'd be bringing this baby into the world without the familiarity of home When Jesus finally came, I forgot all of that, though. I just wrapped him in cloths and tried to make the most comfortable bed I could for him with the only thing I had, which was an animal's feeding trough. Joseph said I should have been sleeping then, but I couldn't stop staring at him. into this world. It's always been that way. But as I look down at my son, my redeemer, I knew that he would change everything because he had already changed me.
Sorry about that. There's a place in the back of your bulletin for sermon notes, and you can go ahead and uh, get that out. There's a pen in front of you just to write some lessons down from the life of Mary. We've been in a series called First Christmas, where we've been looking at the various characters of uh, Christmas, and uh, today we're going to look at the character of Mary. Mary in the video says she's waited, and uh, we know what it's like to wait, don't we? We're waiting for Christmas, and if you're a child, it seems like it's forever away, and if you're an adult who hasn't purchased their gifts yet, it seems like it's coming faster than you can imagine, and, but we have to wait for Christmas, wait to be with our family. When we wake up in the morning, we have to wait for our coffee to get ready or toast to pop up. Sometimes we have to wait for that important phone call. We have to wait on Christmas for our family to arrive, and then a little later in the day, we have to wait for them to go home. But, uh, but our life is all about waiting, and we're not that good at waiting. I'm not that good at waiting. I'm just going to be real honest. I, I don't wait well. We go to Iowa, and we're in a small town, and, and uh, we're checking out in what they have termed the express lane. And, um, but if the cashier knows the person they're checking out, well, then it becomes a whole conversation of how's mom, how's dad, how are the kids, how's school, how's life, how's Uncle Bob, oh, and I'm thinking, seriously, this is the express line. We don't uh, talk in the express line. But, uh, and then I think to myself, I don't have anywhere to go, so what, what am I all worked up about? Or I'm at home and I have to use Leslie's computer instead of mine, and hers takes about 15 seconds longer to boot up than mine does, and I'm just out of my mind, like, oh my, this is the slowest computer I've ever seen in my life. And so we don't wait well. But then there's Mary. Her whole life is waiting. Her mom's whole life was waiting. Her grandma's whole life was waiting. For thousands of years, they were waiting. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. They were waiting in hope that the Savior that was promised to Adam and Eve outside the garden after they had sinned, that that Savior was on his way. And so they waited. And they waited. And they waited generation after generation. Imagining, imagine just waiting your whole life for something that everybody else has been waited for, waiting for. What do you, when do you stop expecting it? When do you say, I don't know if this is ever going to happen? When do you give up and think all the waiting was for nothing? Well, they had waited for a very long time, and then the call came. It came in Luke chapter 1, and that's what we're going to read. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne over his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? 
The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary in the video says, I thought the angel had come to the wrong house. I'm nobody special. She's right. She's a young girl from an ordinary family in a bad town. A town that was so skeptical of Jesus, they drove him out of that town. A town that when people heard he was from Nazareth, they kept saying, can anything good come from Nazareth? And that's where she's from, and that's her life, that's her family. And yet God chose her. And in one of the most beautiful passages of all of Scripture, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it all happen as you have said. Isn't that beautiful? I'm the Lord's servant. So different than what we see in the, the Terminator movie, right? You didn't think you'd get a Terminator reference on, uh, on Christmas, but you are. The, 80 movie, the 80s movie, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. You know that movie? He appears in a bright light to Sarah Connors and says, your baby will save all of mankind. And she says, I can't even balance my checkbook. You know, I, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. There's no way. And, and what response do we have? What response do we give? Are we like Mary or like the Terminator movie? How often do we say, God, you got the wrong person. I'm nobody special. I, and I have other plans for my life anyway. And God, I don't want to... I don't want to do your plan. Maybe at another time, in another place, maybe, but no, God. What about Joseph and, and his big question? We've talked about Joseph in weeks past, and you can listen online, but, but here's Joseph. What would you do if your fiancé came up to you and said, listen, I'm pregnant. It's not yours, but I haven't been unfaithful. Luckily, Joseph is a quiet man and a thoughtful man, and he, and he sleeps on it. And, and while he's sleeping, an angel comes and says, hey, don't be afraid. What she told you is true. Don't be afraid to do what you're called to do. You have two young kids that say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do what God asked us to do. Going back to Mary, she's got to do this. She just, it's not just saying yes, then you have to follow through with it. You have to have the baby. I've never experienced labor, but I've heard Carol Burnett say that if you want to experience it, grab your lower lip and pull it all the way over your head. And, and uh, I heard a lot of moms say amen right there, but uh, think of everything that goes into having a baby today. All the books, all the blogs, what to expect when you're expecting, and the doctors and the ultrasounds and the vitamins and everything that goes into having a baby today, and yet when she did it, she did it all alone. No family, no friends. She was just there, just her, no doctor, no hospital, just Joseph. And then she has to make a, 
a cradle out of a feeding trough so she's, the baby has some place to, to stay. And she does all of this at probably 16 years old. She said yes. Saying yes and following through are two very different things, but she did it. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. She said, I'm all in. I know that your heart is, is all in because you're here at Christmas, and so I want to give you some things to write down. These are takeaways we get from the story. I want to share these with you today. I want you to write them down to realize that this story is actually part of your story. And what do we learn as we read the story of Mary? First of all, we learn that God has big plans for little people. God has big plans for little people. I love that about God. He sends a big angel to a little town, to a little girl with the biggest plan he's ever had. God chooses little people to do big things. If you feel little today, he's going to use you in a big way. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Are you open and willing to do what God has called you to do? Because God has big plans for little people. Number two, God's plans are well-timed. God's plans are well-timed. From the beginning of creation all the way on, this has been in the place, in the process. Even Luke begins to talk about, well, now, now Elizabeth's in her six months, and now you're starting now, and all this timing is taking place. It's perfectly timed. God's timing is perfect. Sometimes we think he's too slow. That God's taking his time, and then when it actually starts unfolding, oh, no, no, now you're going too fast, God. Listen, God's timing is perfect. That you're here today, right now, is perfect timing. It says that Jesus came in the fullness of time, that he came just at the right time. I want to tell you, God is right at on time in your life. Yield to him, be open to him, follow him, obey him. And you will experience his plan right on time. Next thing we learn is that God's plan has your name on it. God's plan has your name on it. God was coming for Mary that day. In fact, the angel says her name several times, Mary, I've come for you. He is not doing a door-to-door -door search. Hey, fill out this survey and see if you qualify. No, he's going to Mary. He wanted Mary, and listen to me, he wants you. There is something that only you can do. He created you, that no one can take your place in line, that you are the person in your family, where you work, where you go to school, wherever you're at. He's put the DNA inside of you that he wants to use. You and only you can fulfill what God has for you. And so God's plan has your name on it. Never forget that. In God's plans, the next one, in God's plans, you are highly favored. He says you're highly favored. That's what he says when, he, when the angel shows up, you are highly favored. We wonder, what does that mean? Because we talk about favor, we, we pronounce favor and our blessing over you before you go. Does that mean I'm God's favorite? You know what it means in the Hebrew? It literally means God is watching out for you. God is watching over you. You are never, ever alone. God's favoring you. He's watching. He had watched Mary. He would watched every generation up to Mary. He's watching your life right now, and he's watching over you. You are not alone. Next, even when you're troubled, don't be afraid. 
Even when you're troubled, don't be afraid. It says when the angel came, Mary was troubled. She wondered in her heart. She, she was worried. And that's usually our first reaction, isn't it? We get overwhelmed. We get troubled. We get worried. God, I, I don't know. And we usually go to fear right away. But what's important is that we follow what God tells us to do. You might be scared. You might be troubled. But, but you still follow. You've got to follow God as she did. You know what Mary does? Instead of, instead of just giving God a bunch of questions, she says, here I am. And you know what she does a little later there in chapter 1? She begins to worship God. She begins to sing a song to the Lord. I'm going to encourage you as we go today, before we leave, we're going to worship the Lord again. And, and I'm just going to encourage you to worship the Lord. When we get troubled, when we get afraid, when we're wondering, God, what are you doing? That's the best time to worship. That's the best time to worship. Don't fear. Follow God. The next one, Jesus is what it's all about. Jesus is what it's all about. If you really look at what the angel says, yes, he's talking to Mary, but very quickly, he's, he, he's, it's really not about Mary. Because if you read through what the angel says, he goes, Jesus is coming, and he's going to be great. And God's going to establish his throne, and his kingdom will last forever. He is the, the son of the most high. And, it, and, it, and really, let me tell you, the plan of God, it's really not about you. He's going to use you. You're going to be willing to serve. It's all about Jesus. It's all about making him famous. It's all about sharing him with this world because the world doesn't need more of you. It needs more of Jesus. And so really it's all about Jesus. And when you look at what the angel's saying, he goes back and he continually goes back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. God's plan for your life is less about you and it's more about Jesus. The next one is God is doing something creative. God is doing something creative. Mary goes, okay, wait, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. See, now, Elizabeth is pregnant. We understand that, but at least she has a husband, you know. At least there's some kind of natural explanation to that. This, God, how? And what God is doing at that moment is he's doing something creative. This is not a husband and a wife, a man and woman coming together. This is God creating something inside of her. See, God is going to create something when he gives you his plan. for. He's creating something inside of you. And a lot of times when we hear God's word and we think of his plan, we think, well, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to make this happen and that happen. Stop and let God create something. You just serve him. You just follow him and, and let God do that creative work because God's going to do it. If we try to do it, we'll probably mess it up. But God is doing something creative in his plan in your life. I love the next one. It's actually just verse 37. I, I love this. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to highlight that, underline that. Take that to the bank. No word of God will ever fail. Remember, we talked about this before. Remember who's making the promise. God is making the promise. And the devil can challenge God's word, but he can't change God's word. And I encourage you to hold on to that verse and make that the one that you stand on, for no word of God will ever fail. Finally, the last one to write down is be willing and obedient. Be willing and obedient. Just like Mary, she was willing, she was obedient. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm in, God. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
Just, God, I'm I'm not just in, I am all in. And because Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, our lives have been changed forever. See, from that moment on, nothing could ever be the same. All because a teenage girl said, yes, God, I'll do whatever you want. Jesus came. He never wrote a book. He never made a self-help DVD. Never recorded a podcast. And yet, he's considered to be the most important, influential, center figure of the entire human history. No president, prime minister, dictator, no monarch, no sovereign, no army, no navy, no government, not one person has changed the world as much as the birth of Jesus. And at his birth, when that happened, everything that had happened up to that point, the past, it entire, it just changed. And then everything that's happened since then has, has been changed by Jesus. And everything that will happen from here on is changed by Jesus. That one birth changed everything. That one birth changed you and me. Jesus came, it tells us in Matthew one twenty one, when the angel is speaking to Joseph in a dream, it says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The bottom line why Jesus came was to be our Savior. It's that simple. Every gospel tells us that. He didn't come to just be a great guy. He didn't come just to do miracles. He didn't come just to teach us. He did all those things, and they're all important. They're all in the Gospels. But he came for one reason, and he says it over and over and over again. I have come to save people from their sin. I have come to seek and save the lost. I have come that that a seed might be buried in the ground, and as it dies, it gives birth to new life. That one death might mean life for all. That's why Jesus came. He came and he was born and he was placed in a manger, but later on he was hung on a cross. See, we are in need of a Savior. There's not one person in this room or that can hear my voice, or there's not one person that's ever been born that doesn't need a Savior. And that's why he came. And today he is here to save us. His plan doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It goes on for all of eternity. He has come to be our Savior, to bring us salvation. There is sin that separates us from God. There is sin that has destroyed our life, that has destroyed this world. And he came as a sinless person to die on a cross for our sin, that we might receive his forgiveness and be set free. I want to tell you, when you receive Christ in your life, you will never be the same. He changes everything. And all he says is just, just come follow me. Come, come do life my way rather than doing it your way. And so today I want to I wanna pray for you because he came to be our Savior. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? In a moment we're going to worship the Lord. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing another carol that will, will draw our hearts close to the Lord, and and so we'll be like Mary and worshiping Jesus. But before we do, 
We all need a Savior today. We may find ourselves far away from God today. We might have just attended church because it's Christmas. We may find ourselves close, but we want to be closer. We may have never heard this story before, but, but it's now starting to click and we're starting to understand it. Wherever you're at today, I'm going to ask you to just receive Jesus as your Savior. That's why He came. That is the number one reason why He came. He came to save you. And so I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm, ask, I'm going to ask you to repeat uh, this prayer with me. And, and as you do, I believe that God's going to come in to your life, and you will never be the same again. Would you repeat these words after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Can I say a quick prayer for you right now? Lord, with our head bowed and our eyes closed, I just pray. And I thank you, first of all, for those that have prayed that prayer. For some that are are walking with you for the first time, for others that are coming home, Lord, for all of us. Lord, we just, we thank you for coming and, and coming to be our Savior. We thank you, God, for saving us from the power of sin. Lord, we have no more fear because you are with us. And now we just follow and we worship. God, I pray that you would give us the heart of Mary and Joseph today. To just say, God, I am all in. Whatever you want, God, I'm in. I am all in. And God, we will worship you and follow you all the days of our life until we see you face to face. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning as we worship the Lord? Thank you. 
closer to you this Christmas. Thank you for coming, Jesus, and thank you for being our Savior. Pray that we would be able to share you with as many people as possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I can't think of a better day than Christmas weekend to begin to follow Jesus, and today, if that's your uh, commitment to follow him. We just have a gift for you. It's free. Just come on down. It's uh, a Bible and some other things here for you. Some prayers you can pray. Just keep coming back. We, we, we talk about Jesus all the time and, and, and following him. And so I uh, just encourage you to, to come and be a part of the congregation here. Just give some time to the Lord. Let him do some work in your life. We've got a lot of devotionals in the lobby. If you don't have one, would you take one with you? And maybe take one to throw in a gift or put in a stocking. And just, uh, again, it's another way for people to get connected um, to, to God every single day. And, and um, if you're here as a, as a guest or a family member, we'd love to meet you. We, have a, we actually have a gift for you in the lobby as well. And uh, so just uh, see Jennifer out there. And we have a, uh, want to just give you that gift today, uh, a pre-present for Christmas. So how about that? And um, today uh, we are going to pray a blessing, obviously, over our congregation. But uh, this is also the final Sunday uh, for Pastor Mike and Christine and their family to be with us. Come on up here. We're going to pray over you guys as you go. And um, uh, Pastor Mike has been our youth pastor. Uh, Been here with the church and college for six years. And God's calling them on to Iowa uh, to be (laughs) pastor there. And uh, we are are thrilled for them and we honor them as we go. We're going to pray a blessing over them as well as a blessing over over our uh, entire congregation. But... um, Thank you, Pastor Mike. Thank you, Christine, for being a part of our family for so long. And you're, it's, it's just kind of a rule that you're always family. So it, it just, this is your family out there. So, and um, so I'm going to invite the pastors and elders, pastor council members, uh, youth leaders, any of the youth. Oh, the youth are upstairs probably, aren't they? <laughs> with, with, oh, they're back? Okay, youth, come on down. And uh, we're just going to surround them and pray and uh, pray a blessing over them. 
as we go. Um, it's always sad to say goodbye, but um, we bless them. We bless them as they go. So, all right. Lord, we just, uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the gift uh, that this family has been here at this church. God, we just thank you uh, for the, the countless lives, God, whether it be through uh, the college or the youth or music or the kids' pantry. There's so many different ways that they have blessed us. And, and God, we know, um, Lord, that you direct our paths and that your, your plans are right on time. And and uh, God, you've prepared the way for them. And God, just as they've blessed us, they'll, they'll bless that, that great church in Iowa. But Lord, we also, um, Lord, we also have sadness in our heart because uh, he has touched so many lives. And we probably won't even understand until heaven how many actually were touched. But um, God, we just pray a blessing upon them as they go. Be with them every step of this journey and uh, lead them and guide them and their family all the days of their life. Lord, we thank you for the, the blessing that rests upon all of us here. God, as we go into a Christmas week with family, with friends, maybe some that will be alone, but Lord, we're never alone because uh, you are Emmanuel, God with us. And when you came, everything changed. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, thank you for that blessing go in your name today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. It's, uh, it's always good to be in church, but it's especially good, be, good to be in church when you can wish everyone a Merry Christmas as you leave. So wish, wish each other a Merry Christmas. You can say goodbye to Pastor Mike and Christine, and uh, God bless you guys as you go. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you at Christmas Eve service for Candlelight and carols. God bless you. Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, yeah. Hi. Yep. Oh.